Um, yeah, so welcome to our home. I know it's like pretty packed in here for a meal, but um, you know, there's a lot of places we could do this with a lot more space, but we just really wanted to invite you guys into our home and have you here because, um, you know, I just so value like having you all in our lives and I want you to know where we're at and be comfortable in our home because you are welcome here anytime. Um, and Nate and I would just love to, you know, get to know all of you, have you here. And so I'm so thankful that you guys are all here today. And um, let's see, I've been here, I've been on staff for nine years and it's just so exciting to look around the room and see like so many faces, so many students who have, you know, taken up the call of making disciples on, on our campuses. And um, you guys are part of a movement that is not just at CSU, but is all over the nation and beginning to be all over the world. And, um, you know, you're part of something big with tens of thousands of students that are all like fighting for lives to be transformed. And so um, I'm so grateful and honored that you guys are walking with us and fighting with us. Um, and we just love you guys and welcome. <laughs> All right, so so we're gonna get going with uh, a little bit of why the outpost exists. A couple years ago, I was kind of wrestling with that question, like why do we exist? What's the point of the outpost? And so we, we kind of think it through that, like with with all the different campus ministries, with all the different churches, with all the just, you know, why us, why do we need to be here? And, I, and ultimately, there's kind of two things that I want to talk about. And if you guys are going to join us in leadership, if that's going to be something that you're going to partner with us in reaching out to this campus, uh, I thought, hey, this is, this is something that's worth just talking about and sharing with you guys just a couple of thoughts uh, related to this topic. Now, uh, I'm not sure maybe just a personal one and then maybe a little more of a philosophical one. And and then we'll get into some of the practicals for the class moving forward with you guys and then let you get going with tonight. But uh, a little bit about myself is I grew up in Oregon as a rancher's kid and yeah, go Oregon. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Taking <laughs> over. But uh, we, we uh, basically, I grew up in, in a family that loved the Lord. You know, I, I got to hear a lot of your stories this last week or two, doing interviews with a lot of you. So that was, that was special for me to just get to kind of hear a little bit about your testimony, a little bit where you came from. I'm going to share just a little bit for a couple minutes on where I came from and, and how I got here. But when I, was, when I was a young man, I was about 10, wrestled with questions of whether God exists. Um, very intense 10-year-old, but uh, really had an existential crisis uh, at 10. But through that, for the first time, actually learned what it meant when people said that they had a personal relationship with God. Not just a theological belief, not just a you know vicarious 
faith through family or culture or tradition, but that while all those things certainly can help at times that I realize actually you can know Jesus personally. My faith just got kind of taken off, and I came to Colorado when I was 13 to go, like everybody does in Colorado when they come here, to go to the Denver Stock Show and, and with, you know, see a bunch of cattle, you know, because nobody comes here for any other um, I was I was 13, I was with my grandfather, we came here just to go to this stock show, this cattleman show, if you're a rancher you know what it is, if you're not, you probably don't, yeah. but, but it's a big deal around the country, and so my grandfather would go every year, so I went with him, no big deal, kind of a good time, um, at that time though, I had a real devotional life, I had a, a daily a rhythm of just spending time with Jesus, and when I came home from that, I was 13, I was praying, I was spending a little time with the Word, and the Lord said, Nate, I'm sending you back there someday. And I said, I'm 13. I'm going to go play now. What do I do with that? I don't know what I do with that. I have no, you know, you're going to have to figure that out, God. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I was 17, I was praying, God, where do I go to college? He said, you're not going to college yet. Um, in, a, in one of the clearest moments of my life, I was just doing homework, interestingly enough, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you're not going to go to college yet. I want you to give this year to me, and you're going to do missions instead. It was the first give a year. Um, they didn't even know what it was, right? If you don't know what that means, uh, we have a little mantra in, in missions in Kyle, but give a year, carry about a lifetime. Give a year after you graduate. You'll hear more about that with the World Mission Summit. What's the generation? So, I... I Long story short, ended up getting connected with this organization called YWAM, a real divine encounter. Some guy walked up to me and said, I feel like I'm supposed to talk to you. I don't know who, like, who are you? I don't know, like, who are you? Um, and, and long story short, I ended up being involved with this organization called YWAM. Um, when I asked the Lord, what was the deal with that? I really just felt like the Lord said, there's, there's stepping stones that I need to take you through to get you where I need you to be. And so I, I spent that year, I went to Denver, well, I didn't say the full thing. When I was that senior in high school, Lord spoke said, I'm going to send you, I want you to give a year to me, and then you're going to go to college after that, and then after two years, I'm going to tell you to transfer. Very, very specific. And I said, where am I supposed to do this? And he brought back that memory for when I was 13. Denver. Well, long story short, fast forward again. I ended up doing YWAM in Denver, Colorado, then went over to Africa, uh, did missions over there for a while. Came back, went to the University of Idaho, go Vandals, and uh, nobody ever was with me. So, um, yes, yes, that was, and that was really a good representation of our school. It was, it was you know, the Vandals. We were, we were quite, I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody claims, you know, it's this party culture and these things on universities. This, this place was kind of a little more intense uh, than most. But I joined the largest fraternity. Uh, on the campus, I joined the football team, and got really involved with my university, and it was there, seeing my friends who did not know the Lord, had no history with the Lord, and had no interest in the Lord, and I realized I'm the only light they have in their life. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that stirred in me a desire, a passion to say, you know what, there's a need here. Watching my friends wrestle with questions of faith and meaning and purpose, 
realizing that they were striving. Oftentimes, you know, I was in different worlds, stereotypically looking for a certain lifestyle, looking for a certain, you know, fulfillment in different ways, and, and realizing how empty those things were that they were pursuing. And I realized, man, I, I really built a heart uh, to see them know Jesus. After my sophomore year, the Lord said, hey, don't forget, you're not, you're not here for much longer. Like, really? Still? This? I ended up talking to my football coach. Uh, I said, hey, I'm not coming back to play for you next year. I have no idea where I'm going. I have no idea why I'm going. I just know I'm not going to be here next year. That's kind of my step of faith. And, uh, you know, sometimes the Lord will tell you, like, Winky Prattney will, will kind of tell I'm paraphrasing, but he'll say, you know, in the Bible, we see this principle, and you see this lived out, that God <laughs> says go, you obey, and then you find out why sometimes. Um, not always. But who do you trust? Do you trust God, or do you trust the plan? Do you trust the strategy, or do you trust the person? What What is your faith built upon? And for a lot of you guys in LTC, that is going to be a question. We're going to be stretching you, push past... You know, your comfortability, what you feel like you have control over, where you feel like you are in control, like push past that, surrender to the Lord, say, God, if I step out, I'm trusting that you're going to step in and something will happen. I just had to step out and say, all right, God, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm going. Uh, my football coach told me about this little school called the University of Northern Colorado. Go Bears! <laughs> Nobody, yeah. Nobody knows anything when I say that either. So, but, but, uh, yeah, people say, yeah, like, where do you go to school? UNC. Oh, UNC. No, 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 the little one, Colorado. Um, but I ended up going there, and I told the Lord I'd seen Chi Alpha. I was part of a crew at U of I. I'd seen Chi Alpha around. And if you ever, if any of you are just so saturated with the outpost that you don't know what Chi Alpha is, Chi Alpha is the national organization. We just got tired of being mistaken as a fraternity all the time, so we call ourselves the Outpost as a local chapter name. But Chi Alpha, I was like, no, I, I saw Chi Alpha at the University of Idaho, really liked what they were about, this emphasis on discipleship and ministry and stuff. And I, and I said, you know, God, if there's a Chi Alpha there at UNC, when I go there, I'd love to check them out. In hindsight, I would discover that there was only one Chi Alpha in Colorado at the time, and it was at UNC. And so... Got involved there for a couple of years. I really just began to understand. There was this progression from understanding how to go from a, a quiet, introverted uh, country boy to learning how to share my faith, to then learning how to have a heart for people to share my faith with. And Kai Alpha started to kind of teach me how to take that heart and that ambition to share my faith and take it into practice in relationship with people. And, and so there's this kind of long progression the Lord led me to to get to this point. But the point was that I got involved with Chi Alpha. Two years in, my director said, hey, would you join staff? I said what Christians say when they want to say no, they want to sound spiritual. I said, I will pray. <laughs> really mean, not a chance. But I, I prayed about it. I did, I prayed. And the Lord said, hey, why do you think I called you here? For this state, for this ministry, for such a time as this. And, and, from there, you know, there's, there's another story. We get all the details. I ended up going to Sam Houston, Chi Alpha. Uh, 
love Texans, hated Texas, so I brought Texans back with me to Colorado. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it was great. I love Texas. There's no mountains, so I was like, I had to keep my mountains. But, but I love the Texans. I love the Texans. So I you know, brought back a bunch of them with me, and, and here we go. So, um, and we've been on campus for, I, I think this is our 12th year uh, on campus. And so, in a personal sense, why, why are we here as the outpost? And in a personal sense, I don't know if I can even say, I'm just obeying. I'm just obeying and trusting that I'm starting to see the reason why. And maybe I won't fully understand until eternity. And that's okay with me. But I do know that God has called me here. And I know for sure that God did not call me here because he thinks that I can reach CSU or because I can reach Colorado for you know, university students around the state. That, that he's calling me here was a calling not just for myself, but for those who would come with me in, in the journey and the fight. And we talk about we have to be an army and we have to be a family. And, and you guys have learned, hopefully up until this point, at least at an initial level, how to be family, how to be brothers and sisters with one another, how to be that community, to lean on each other, support each other, and to challenge each other to pursue after the kingdom of all things. We should, we should become family, but as we're learning to be family, we're not just family just having a fun powwow or a family on a mission. And we're moving somewhere, we're going somewhere. And if you join us in that, this, you know, I know lots of people in different contexts, but if you join us in that mission, we're inviting the family into the army, so to speak. And we're basically saying, hey, let's march somewhere. Because there's a war in our culture, there's a war in our worlds, and lives of eternal souls are on the line. And that's a serious thing and a joyous thing when we get to partner with the God of the universe to say, hey, let me be life and light and truth to you in the world. I've been telling a lot of you guys in interviews, you know, we kind of say, um, we never say it to people face to face because it'd be weird, but we, when we talk about responsibility, what we're saying is in our hearts, we find people that we can look at and say, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, over my dead body, are you going to live a stupid life? have to choose at the end of the day what you do with Jesus, but it's not going to be for a lack of yeah. trying and witness and love and sacrifice on my part. Yeah. So in that way, that is that is the ambition of our heart. And so what? why are we here? I don't know other than to say that we are here because God's led some hip from Oregon <laughs> to come hang out with a bunch of city kids from Texas. That seems like it should be in reverse. But we got together and came to Colorado because we're just a link in the chain, and you guys are another step mm -hmm. in that journey. Mm -hmm. I don't have any doubt in my mind that I'm here in part because some of you are called yeah. to step out next year. There's somebody in God's heart that he wants you to reach next year, and I have to get here, maybe to help you a little bit yeah. to get to them. So if we can do that, we'd be army, we'd be family, and we'd see the kingdom of God advance here at CSU. Um, the other, the other reason is maybe a little more pragmatic, uh, a little more philosophical, but when, when you ask the question, like, why do we exist, um, and in no way am I trying in any way to contrast us with anybody else, just to emphasize the point, we need laborers here at CSU, we need laborers here in Colorado, harvest is plentiful, that whole thing is true. It's not plentiful for... And I'm not even going to say anything negative about this. I know it's pros and cons with people like this, but I'm not. But it's not plentiful for the street preacher um, who get a crowd, and sometimes they can have an effect. 
and it's not going to be plentiful. They're not going to reach all of CSU that way. It's not plentiful for the the you know mega church pastor. Although I love, I have lots of friends that are mega church and they're amazing people. I, I don't, but they're not going to reach all of CSU. The CSU is going to be reached because students are ministering to students. Yeah. Because young people, every person on this campus, there's there's a story. There's a story. There's things in their life. This is how I see God. This is how I think of God. And the only person that can really impact them is that guy that I was in my fraternity or on in the locker room with my football friends. And it's it's them. It's there that actually ministries can happen. They actually say that the university, um, it, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So on a big picture, in a big picture way, um, you know what, I forgot to, um, I'm going to try to talk and do this. I'm not really multi-task oriented. Well, I'm not really sure where, I think I can pull it up really quick. This is our, our national director. Last couple of years, Nat, Chi Alpha nationally has been feeling some things, and I'll, I'll share a little bit about this afterwards, but here is... Here is a picture that our national director feels like campus ministry is heading. So much critical things are happening. I want you to know we are praying for you. I want to share something today just really directly from my heart. I believe the script of the Lord is saying to us as a movement. About four months ago, um, in a personal time of prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a very profound way with a prophetic word. And the Spirit of the Lord said this, we're about ready to see the greatest student awakening in history. And I really want to just share that again. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, we are about to see the greatest student awakening in history. Um, the Spirit of the Lord further went on, I say this with, with great humility, but he said that he was really calling us to be prepared to help lead and steward this movement. When I say us, I mean Chi Alpha. Then the third thing that the Spirit of the Lord shared with me was that the World Mission Summit would be a precursor, not the precursor, a, ago, a precursor to this great student awakening. And that we would see an outpouring of the Spirit at the World Mission Summit in a way that we've never seen in Chi Alpha before. I want to challenge all of you as you're walking in at the beginning of your semester and soon our quarter schools will begin. To be walking with a sense of anticipation, with a sense of faith. I don't know when it's going to happen. I just know the school board spoke and said we need to get prepared. We need to prepare ourselves in prayer and fasting um, and really asking the Lord to anoint us and to lead us and to guide us. So I want to speak to us as a movement with every bit of sincerity I have. I'm not trying to just hype something up, not trying to conjure something. But I want us to understand what the prophetic word of the Lord is to us as a movement. Within two weeks of that word coming forward, I had three words of affirmation to that. When I was gathering around with the national directors of Crew and InterVarsity and, and, and RUF and Navigators and, and, and the Baptist movements, <coughs> Everybody was sensing that there was something in the spirit that is new and that God is looking to unfold and unleash with us. 
I was recently at the General Presbyter's meeting, and in the first devotional, the speaker got up, and he said that he believes that God is about ready to unleash a great awakening, and that awakening is going to be through millennials. I am telling you, the Spirit of the Lord is doing something. It is incumbent upon us, every one of us, to prepare ourselves and to walk in a, in a new level of faith and belief and preparation for the greatest student awakening in history. So may the Lord bless you today. May He cause you to be fruitful. Let's go back in the South Street to Christ. Okay, so. There we go. Um. So, um, a couple. This was this was a couple years ago, and we're and we're seeing some really interesting stuff go on right now. I was I was with Scott a couple of years ago. We went to crew headquarters. There was a national gathering of leaders from all the major ministries around the country, talking through campus ministries, talking about. There was an agenda for like a, a national day of prayer, focused on praying for campuses around the country. We were. We were in a room at crew headquarters with reps from all these other ministries, and it was interesting. The guy that was kind of facilitating it was kind of a kind of a representative from IHOP, and he was not the pancake place, the bread place, but he kind of went around, um, just said, "Hey, would everybody just kind of share like what's what's going on in your ministries right now?" And it was fascinating that. All the way around, we were the last ones, Kai Alpha, Scott and I were there, and we were the last, and everybody before us basically said, we're just feeling, they use different language, like, I feel like, we're feeling like there's this thing going on, we're like, Lord's wanting to start a new revival, or great awakening, or a thing, like there's, there's a move that the Lord's wanting to do that's, that's new and fresh, um, and, and, I mean, it was, it was everybody, I mean, literally, like, step by step, by the time we got to us, I mean, so Kai Alpha, well, behind the scenes, Kai Alpha is, is uh, Pentecostal in theology as a foundational premise. So everybody kind of expects us to kind of be, you know, a little more mystical that way. Feel uh, the Lord. That, you know. But I'm talking every ministry, many of them that traditionally would never even talk that way, were just saying, you know, like the Lord is saying this. And, and by the time we got to Scott, man, he was just like, dude, no, Scott, he was just like, about ready to bounce out of his skin, man. He was like, he was actually just in their varsity's uh, national staff training conference in January this year, and, and inner varsity basically came out from the front saying, we are, we are sensing deep, I mean, they're, they're experiencing some very profound things uh, in their national leadership that's just pushing them. They, they had, actually at the gathering, they had, I think, three different people feel like the Lord had given them a word that said, don't restrain me, you've restrained me too long, I want freedom in your community, and and they were just saying, we just feel like the Lord is just doing something new. And this is, this is a ministry that not, you know, traditionally hasn't been particularly like, you know, not against you know, the things of the Spirit, not you know, necessarily like fostering or encouraging like that kind of expression. And they're just like, we just feel like the Lord is saying, I am, I am moving in your midst and, and let let me lead. And so, and so you know, there's, it's just really exciting stuff. You know, again, we, we don't know you know, what that's going to look like. Uh, we can do a very interesting study of history of, of America. If there is Christian roots, it's often been from, uh, there's been two great awakenings in American history alone. 
Um, both of them have been primarily rooted in university or college age mm -hmm. or college students uh, that led it. Mm -hmm. And so um, just just a very cool thing. But, but when it said, you know, if the Lord is saying, like, hey, you know, prepare for something like that, like how do you even pre how do you prepare for that? And and one thing that I'll just say is that we we need to understand what does it look like for us to be disciple makers ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, if there was a thousand people that got saved tomorrow at CSU, what would happen? Yeah. By itself, probably nothing. They get saved, they get you know passionate for a semester, but without anybody to walk with them, it would pretty much just be like, yeah, I had that thing that time that kind of happened, and I don't know what to think of that. I didn't really do anything with it after that. We need people to walk with people. And so they actually say the university in America, and you know, I don't know, you, you want to yeah. maybe just kind of, I don't know, pretty straightforward stuff there. But, um, but um, when studying missiology, the study of missions, they actually say that university, the university is, is arguably, I mean, you can always make different arguments, but arguably the most strategic mission field in the entire world. I mean, the entire world is coming here. The future leaders of the world is coming here. Uh, culture is being shaped. Largely, we see on the university the culture that America will be in 20 years. It's just going to take 20 years for you guys to be old enough to have the power to influence the world in the way that you're being shaped now. And so the world is being shaped here and now on our university. So it's a very strategic time. And the most strategic person on the campus is a university student. Not the not me, you know, not not the staff. We our job is to walk with you as you grow into the potential mm -hmm. that the Lord has to walk with you as you're the one ministering and reaching out and sharing the love of Christ with your world. We help you. And we walk with you. And we're growing ourselves in how to do it. We're constantly kind of alongside you trying to do it too and learn and grow. But but we're, we're here as a ministry primarily to make disciple makers. Whether it's missions, like hey, let's give you a two-week window, just like super intensive like snapshot. Or whether it's more like small group leading, kind of encapsulating this idea of disciple making in small group leading, which is, uh, for lack of you know, kind of a packaging that we put on this. But it's this life of ministry, this life of, of bringing people into your life to minister and share the love of Christ and to walk with them. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We're going this way. We can do it better together. And so that is why we exist. That is, that is the heartbeat of the outpost. That is the agenda, if you will, of, of our or of our ministry, our community, our movement, is to say, if we are going to see this campus transformed, and that is our heart, not just to say, hey, we want to have kind of a witness or a holy huddle or some kind of gathering of Christians that can feel good about being Christians in the midst of, you know, all of this, you know, secularism or whatever, you know. No, we are not, we're here primarily to be a, a movement on this campus because we want to see CSU transformed. We want to see the ethos of our campus changed. We want to see the culture transformed for Christ, not against Christ. And we want to see our state transformed. But to do that, we need people who are going to take responsibility to fight for their friends and to walk with us as we minister to the campus. Uh, we, have, uh, we have a dream to say, what would it look like at CSU if we had every student on the campus was relationally tethered to someone who was fighting for them. Mm -hmm. Not just, hey, I kind of sort of have a Christian friend, but actually every person on the campus was tethered relationally and at some level 
says someone who was fighting for the campus, who had taken on the call to say, I'm going to share the love of Christ with my, my friends, so that when the prodigal is, is finding that the world isn't as alluring as they thought, that they could be brought back to that place with the Father. When the yeah. atheist is coming through a crisis, <coughs> existential crisis of belief or thought, when the philosopher is wrestling with ideas of morality and reality, that we can actually be there to walk with, to wrestle with, to lead uh, our campus to the feet of Jesus. How yeah. cool would that be? That's what it would take to transform students. Um, now, of course, this is this is a lot of big picture stuff, right? It's kind of you know kind of heady, a little big. I mean, um, I love that, of course. I, I love the visionary stuff, and, and I, I it's great. It gets me all fired up. But but uh, so I know I know I'm also talking to a number of you guys. And you're just like I'm just trying to figure out how to like talk about Jesus with my roommate. <laughs> you know about transforming anything or you know reaching anywhere like I just I, don't know. I, I get that I, I really do I get that so but but remember I love the big picture but the big picture we've pioneered ministries uh, overseas we've pioneered here in Colorado we continue to develop and grow the ministry here I, I had a conversation with one of the largest church planting networks in the U.S. about two months ago, uh, talking about the future of partnering Chi Alpha with church planters. We've, we've had any number of conversations with national leaders of missions uh, organizations around the world and talking about what it doesn't, honestly, it doesn't matter if we're talking missions, if we're talking university, if we're talking church, talking marketplace, everything is at some level context to the principle of, are we making disciples? Are we, do we know how to make disciples? Are we disciple makers? Mm -hmm. Everything else is just context after that. Yeah. Like, am I doing it cross-culturally? Am I doing it down the streets? Am I doing it with an engineering firm? Am I doing, everything else is just context after we learn this, and this yes. is the time to yeah. learn it. Yeah. The university, these years are the time that you can actually learn. It's never gonna be easier than right now. Yeah. You say, it doesn't sound very easy. I'm not saying it's easy. But I am saying it's the easiest you'll ever have in this, and you can really have an eternal impact. Because this big picture stuff is awesome. I love it. But at the end of the day, it's just it's just trying to broaden what at the end of the day is me sitting across the table from a 18-year-old freshman saying, What are your thoughts on God? That is the point. That I mean, walking, you know, the whole thing, walking in relationship with people as they're growing in their walk with God or journeying in their discovery of God, that that is always the ultimate point. Mm -hmm. That everything else is just expanding and growing and making that more readily available and more common than it is today. And so you guys are part of something that's pretty exciting. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about vision and big stuff. But mostly we're going to talk like how do we talk to that roommate mm -hmm. about Jesus and walk with them. Mm -hmm. And that's where you fit. Because you can actually have an impact maybe far beyond what you ever realize. Yeah. I, I was, so once every four years, once in a generation, there is what we call the World Mission Summit. Yeah. There's going to be about 8,000 8, Chi Alpha students at, uh, in St. Louis. I was just there this week, or this last week, I guess now it's Sunday. But this last week I was in St. Louis for, for most of the week. Jacob was with me, so was Lindsay. And Hannah. Here. And Hannah, Hannah was there too. Um, <laughs> Hannah's, Hannah's actually the, uh, the media specialist yeah. for the World Mission Summit. She's actually yeah. 
she was she was off helping organize how are we gonna do this. But you know, I'm just kinda hanging out with those guys. But, <laughs> but um, we were we were in St. Louis like looking going over like looking at the facilities and the old is it the old Rams Stadium? Yeah, yeah the old Rams Stadium is where we're gonna do it at. So we were kinda touring all this stuff. But um last go last go around three years ago uh, I was at the Past World Mission Summit, and when I was there, I, you know, one of the things that they'll do is they just call it meal with the missionary. We'll have, you know, these thousands of students for meals when they when we do these meals in these huge auditorium spaces. But you just sit down at a table, and there's a missionary there, and they just get to talk with you about what it's really like. You get to ask whatever questions you want. It's just a lot of fun. Um, and so you meet people all over the world over that week. A lot of things, but the meal is one of them. And, and I sat down at this table for lunch one day, and I ended up actually talking with a couple of the students that were next <coughs> to me, and, and found out, you know, just kind of asking the questions you ask, like, where are you from? Um, they're like, Texas. Cool, I love Texans. Uh, where? Uh, and they said, oh, down by the border. I said, okay, what university are you at? They told me, like, What's your, who's your director there? And they said, oh, this guy, Daniel Young. And I said, really? I know somebody on staff there with Daniel. I said, it's Brian Pacini. Oh, Brian. Yeah, I think one of them was like, I just gave my life to the Lord like two months ago. I'm in Brian's small group. Yeah, Brian's my, you know, both of them were in Brian's small group. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Brian's like totally changed my whole understanding of God and my faith. I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> so, no backstory. When I was, after I said yes to Gabe Moya at the University of Northern Colorado, I spent two years with him. After those two years, I realized um, I needed some broader experience in doing campus ministry. And so I basically said, hey, where's, where's there a Chi Alpha that I could understand? Like, how do you lead a Chi Alpha beyond? And we were pretty small back in the day. And so I was like, you know, how do you lead a ministry bigger than that? How do you minister to guys particularly? I was at UNC. So Lot is a much higher percentage of women in our ministry replicated that, uh, expounded on that. So, love that. But, like, how do you even minister to guys in, in college uh, in that context? And they're like, well, Sam Houston's doing a great job with that. I said, awesome. Okay, I'll go to Sam. So, I ended up going to Sam Houston State University, Huntsville, Texas. Whoop, whoop. And, you know, they graduated from there. Yeah. And, um, and that the first day on campus, we had dorm move ins. I and one of the girls came up and said, hey, I think I just met a guy, uh, Brian. He's up on the third floor of this dorm. It's not like maybe he might be interested. You should go see that. I was okay. We all walked over. And I started building a relationship with this, this fella named Brian Pacini. Brian went to college because he was young. He was a young man when 9-11 happened and watched. And he said, I want to go to the Middle East and kill Muslims. Um, so I'm going to go to school, I'm going to get my education, I'm going to go through ROTC, and I was and nothing about you know, military, nothing, anything about anything, just that that was his heart, that was his ambition. And, and then I got to spend some time with him, and we got to talk, and Brian was one of those guys, he came to my small group, but honestly, I didn't think I was ever getting through to him. He's like talking to a brick wall. I'm like, just Twist your eye a little bit. Like, <laughs> attention. Like, I don't know if anything's, you know. And, you know, he's just, like, you can tell from that analogy or that thing, he was just very stoic, very stern, you know, very angry. And 
And, but he loved the community. He loved hanging out. And I was, you know, I, I shot guns. And so he's like, I love shooting guns. And I love blowing things up. I love blowing things up. We can be friends. So, you know, you just kind of like, we get out, you know, weekends, we go do stuff. And, and we got to Salt over the winter break. Uh, there they did it over the winter break. At winter break, the uh, speaker just really, like, challenged him. And he's like, dude, I've been a fool. And he gave his life to the Lord. And I got to walk with him for a semester as we started to wrestle through ideas of who God is and the value of human life and the value of eternal souls and completely changed his life. I left, came back up here, and Brian began to be discipled by some other guys uh, down there at Sam. He eventually did the internship with Illy. Um, had one of his best friends, this guy named Daniel Young, and Daniel was going to go pioneer ministry at a triathlon group. And we say this, it's more important who you go with than where you go um, so often. Um, and he said, I don't care where you're going, I'm just going with you. And so he said, no, I'm going down south to the border. There's a university down there. I said, okay, I'm going with you. And here I was, randomly, sitting next to two guys. I had no idea who they were, but they were my spiritual grandchildren. And, and... All out to just say, yeah. when you plant seeds in the kingdom, there's you never quite know what will come of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and your life, you know, we can use any number of analogies or examples. Any number of us can share stories, but but there is there is a spiritual legacy that my life had impact on these two random dudes. I had no idea who they were, mm-hmm. but my life has impacted them. If you'll invest in the people, and you'll invest in the kingdom of God, and invest in the vision to say, God, I want to love you by loving people, mm-hmm. you'll find your life matters far more than you may ever know. Yeah. Wow. Yes, <laughs> and in people's lives that you'll never know. But to realize that that's a fight we're fighting and a vision worth dreaming about. Yeah. And so, as, as you guys are jumping into LTC, and we're going to kind of get going from here, I just want you to understand we're, we're dreaming about a lot of stuff, but at the end of the day, it comes down to we exist to make disciple makers. We exist to help you, to resource you, to equip you, to lead you as best as we can, to, to reach the potential that God has given you, and he wants to work through you to see this campus transform. And so if you'll let us, we would love to do that with you this semester. So, uh, with that, uh, we are going to get going with the class. And so, tonight, obviously, just kind of a fun time. I'll do my little bit here, but then we'll, we'll let you just kind of hang out and spend time with each other, and you can head out whenever you need to. But, but a couple practical things to close the night out here that I want to do. One, what class would be complete without, without a syllabi. So, so uh, yeah, yeah. some of you, some of you love syllabi way too much, but yes. So, um, actually, can I have one of those? Sorry. Um, uh, student leaders, just kind of leave those. Intern, anybody taking the class? Take one, pass it around. But we will, 
If you want to see kind of breakdown of the Sunday night classes, you can see the front page there. It has basically a breakdown of who's teaching what at MOOCs. If you don't know what you're teaching, you might look at that also. Some things they get moved around a little bit. But um, that, is, that is loosely a breakdown. We start first section, intro small group leadership. Um, we're going to do basically some of these kind of conversations, talking about the why, talking about um, different ideas. Illy's going to talk about transgenerational discipleship, which is a more developed concept of what I was just kind of saying about these guys that I met. Um, what is small group? We want you to kind of throw out the window a little bit, for some of you at least, what your experience with quote-unquote small group is. We have, we have a little bit, sometimes a little different take on what we mean by that. But we'll kind of go through what is leadership. And we're going to talk about kind of the why and the what of it. We're going to talk about core characteristics of a leader. So we'll go through all of those kind of things. Um, we're gonna, then we're going to go through, towards the bottom there, you can see find, fight, feed. After our retreat, uh, we're going to be talking about, we, we can sometimes encapsulate discipleship through those three steps. Finding people, fighting for them, and feeding them. Growing, you know, growing their walk the Lord. And, and so that'll be the semester. We'll conclude there is a test at the end of the semester. Um, not, we're not trying to trick you. It's nothing complex, but just making sure you've been paying attention to the coursework itself. On the back, there are the practicals. I've talked to all of you guys about the practicals in our pre-interviews. A couple of things that are important to know for the class that just help everybody be on the same page. Uh, class will be each Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m., room 378, room 378, um, in the LSC, I say that, but uh, in the LSC. So that'll start next week. Two exceptions to that, March 15th, as none of you probably love us quite enough to stay through Sunday of spring break to do just the class. So, you're right. Uh, that was about to be funny. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, yes. You swing, you miss sometimes. March 29th uh, is when we will do, that's the Sunday right after the LTC retreat, so we just won't do one that night, because I'll just be back, back in for the retreats. Uh, LTC retreat, you see the next line, March 27th, 28th. Um, it will be beginning at 5 p.m. on Friday, Park Fellowship Church in Essex Park. It'll end uh, about 24 hours later. Uh, again, we'll work out travel, transportation ideas, things like that as it gets a little closer. But if you do work, uh, please try to get it off. Please try to protect that at all humanly possible. Um, you can miss, uh, practically you can miss three weekends, three Sunday night classes. We understand things happen. Life happens. Life is life. Uh, we get that. Three, three classes. If you miss a class, then we do ask that you listen to the podcast. I will be sent, I will be giving you the podcast in the near future. Um, and and um, yeah, you can miss three weekends. If you miss though, listen to the podcast and then just write like a short summary of what the class is about, and you can send it to me within two weeks. Please do send it to me within two weeks. It's just logistically annoying trying to like chase everybody down, you know, right before finals. Like, hey, can I get that from February? 
Um, so just send it to me up within two weeks afterwards if you at all possible. Um, lastly, uh, I will be sending you guys an invitation to a Google Drive where you can find uh, links for the podcasts uh, as well as links to all, all of any handouts or presentations uh, from the class itself. So that is basically the summary of the class itself. Any questions about the class that I can help answer? When do we get our cohorts? Yes, when you get your cohorts. Your cohorts you will get next week. So once we get a little more of a classroom environment, then we can kind of do that and we'll break you guys up. We'll have staff there. Um, the resource leaders are getting together this week to kind of process how to break all you guys up now that we've gone through all the pre-interviews and kind of know who is walking the chat with us. Yeah, good question though. Any other questions? I'm going to tell you about the practical here in a second too, so just if anybody caught that. Okay, so here is here is your practical for the week. Um, all of you guys I know are excited, nervous sometimes, don't worry, remember your identity is in the Lord, that's all we do for the Lord. And... Um, but we're gonna start with one that's kind of fun, but kind of gets the community going. Um, February 23rd, you see there in the blue on the top of the page, spend time with someone you don't know in the ministry this week. So here's here's your challenge. We don't, I know we don't have cohorts, but this one's pretty uh, individual based. Um, we are asking you not to do. We, I told all of you. One thing in the pre-interview, and I'm going, I'm going to lie and tell you actually the opposite for this one. Um, we're not looking for you to do this together. Um, every, as much as we can, everything like we're going to do it together. We will. But this one, um, if you just kind of tag along with somebody who, who strikes that up, you kind of miss the point. What we want you to do this week is just find, you can find them tonight. I don't care if they know what you're doing. They'll love it. But um, I want you to take the initiative to learn you're going to be a small group leader, one of those little muscles you kind of just have to work out is learning to just initiate the conversation to pursue. We'll talk a lot more about real intense pursuits in, in, in a godly way in, in the future. But but um, but in the community, in the community outpost, this helps the outpost get to know each other a little bit better. This helps you learn to take initiative, kind of in a safe context, like, hey, just people around. I don't care if it's on Thursday night. You just go up to somebody that you don't know, say, hey, what's your name? Let's grab coffee this week. Let's hang out. Right, that's, that's awesome. You can do it tonight. You can do it with staff. You can do it with the student leader. can't be your student leader. can't be, you know, it's got to be somebody you don't know. It's got to be somebody you don't know. I mean, if you're like, hey, I said hi to him once, like, three months ago, that's fine. But you get the idea. Like, hey, I, I don't really, I don't know the story. I don't know who they are. Now, I want you to take them out to coffee. Take them out to the lunch. Buy them lunch. Do whatever you want to do. Don't care. <laughs> what? Someone said steak dinner. Steak dinner. Yeah, I'll hang out with you if we go on Texas Roadhouse. Um, please, uh, if I can ask, uh, let it be gender equal or the same gender. I don't know. Same gender. This is not a date. We don't want to create a lot of How'd your practical go? Well, I got a boyfriend. So, <laughs> no, we're looking for, okay, you know, genders, uh, specific. 
So, so good. Um, does he love Jesus? Okay, awesome. But, but yeah. So that is your assignment for this week. When we get together next Sunday, we'll break you guys in the cohorts at the end of class. So we'll have you say, how did it go this week? Um, if there's ever a week where it just didn't happen, we, we want to keep you from doing that too much. But if it does happen at times, it's okay. Um, just you're, you're just going to have a little bit more to do the next week. But we don't want you to get too far behind. Because these things will stretch you a little bit. Some of them more than others. Uh, but these things will stretch you. We don't want to stretch you more than doing one of these in a rhythm. So you start kind of like, oh, I got really busy with school, and I got you know, I got three assignments to do this week. That You're going to lose even the impact of what we're trying to do, just kind of creating rhythm of ministry and outreach and just intentionality. In so we do get that things happen, but, but try as best you can to keep up. If you miss a week, look at your syllabi, know what's next, try to work it out, get a hold of your small group leader or somebody and say, hey, can you do this with me? Um, we'll do it together. Um, any other questions? If we are going to be disciple makers, just a couple last things and then we'll, we'll close in prayer. But if we're going to be disciple makers for our campus, one thing that is needed is it means that we need, one, to pursue after a sense of holiness in our lives. That we need to be a community that are, you know, it's such a Christian word, but to break it down to say, like, we are consecrated to the Lord, that we are surrendered to Him, that we are a community that the Lord can work in and through, and that we don't hold Him back from what He wants to do through us, that we will let Him move. That if we're going to be a community like that, we're going to be holy, we need to be a community that will commit to just say, hey, I'm going to step out and, and do this together, we're going to do this, and and it's going to be challenging at times, it's going to be stretching at times, but we're going to have a community that will buy in to say, hey, we're just going to, we're going to step out and see how the Lord works and how cool that is. And if we're going to be disciple makers, we're going to be, have to be a community that does it together as a team. That we, you know, any, anybody who's been an athlete in their life knows you can, you can do things on your own. I was, I, I remember going home in summers uh, with, with football, uh, trying to keep up my my routine uh, because I was going home and working in the summers. And I realized I could do it. It was really, really hard to be motivated without the team. And I never, ever did as much as I could have with the team. The outpost is not the only way that you can take responsibility. It's not like outposts or none. We're not in any way saying that. But what we have realized is that if we do it together, we'll go further, we'll be more impactful, we'll challenge and encourage and support each other in a way that will cause us to be more the body of Christ, with more the arms and the mouthpiece of Christ, and whatever, you know, hands and feet of Jesus to our friends. And so you don't have to be part of leadership to take on the responsibility for the kingdom of God. We probably will never quite go as far as you can if you buy in and <coughs> consecrate your life to the Lord and say, I need help. Let's do this together. So, excited to walk with you guys this semester if we do it together and begin to yeah. have a lot of fun with this. So, remember what I said? There's three things we're looking for from you guys this semester beyond just taking a course. We want you, you're abiding in the community and you're abiding 
with the Lord to be regular, strong, healthy. We want you to fight for that identity that says, "This is I am doing this as love to Jesus, not because I get anything out of this. Jesus has already done it all yeah. for me. Yeah. And thirdly, because in this I can find, if I'm abiding with Jesus, I can keep my identity in who I am with Jesus, and so I can find the joy in what I do for Jesus. Yeah. So if we can do that this semester, you guys are going to have a lot of fun. We're excited to walk with you this year. Okay. Amen? Lord, we love you. Thank you that we get to partner with you. Lord, you are the God who speaks life into death. You are the God who speaks and universes explode. You are the God who is all things good and true and loving to this world. God, and you have said, I want to partner with you. I want to share the joy that is the work of redemption to this world and the joy that you have, you want to share with us. So God, thank you that we get the privilege to partner with you in the work of redemption. God, may it not be the burden that we can be if we don't put our eyes on you. Lord, let it be the joy that it should be when we recognize that it's always for you. And God, may we be used by you. Lord, may we not hinder your spirit. Holy Spirit, may you have absolute freedom to speak, to mold, to lead, to guide all of us. Because we can go through this, but if we don't have you with us, what is it in the point? We love you, Jesus. And for your sake, in your name, we say that may you have absolute freedom in our class this year and in our lives beyond it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, guys. You are dismissed. Oh, no. Um, before you leave, find a staff person. On their phone, they have staff. You have a link that I just sent on the staff messenger um, to the sign-up sheet for the semester. I need you to sign. If you're an LTC student, including interns, I need you to sign uh, your name. It's just a Google Doc. It's just a Google uh, thing. Just your name, your email, and your phone number. I'm going to use that to send you info uh, for the Google Drive stuff and all that. Um, and then that's what you'll use to sign in every week at, at uh, class. So before you leave, just find a staff person. They'll have a link to help you sign up before the class itself. Aside from that, have a great night. Love you guys. We'll see you on Sunday, if not before.